From Boca Raton, Florida, this is Behind the Bima. On this episode, Rabbi Goldberg and co-host Rabbi Josh Brody are joined by voices and perspectives from Israel, Ambassador David Friedman, United Atzala's Ellie Beer, Mayor of Mitzpahericho, Eliza Polachowski, IDF soldier Yitzchak Spodek and his father, Rabbi Josh Spodek, Gesher Leadership Institute's J.J. Sussman, and Chabad of Parkland's Rabbi Shui Biston. Also recapping recent gatherings and events in Boca Raton, supporting and davening for Israel. All this and more, Behind the Bima. Good evening. We are live now. It's Wednesday night, 9 o'clock. And joined again, my dear friend and colleague, Rabbi Josh Brody. And uh, Behind the Bima continues to be somber like the rest of the world. Rabbi Brody, we are broken. We're worried. We're grieving. We're also very hopeful and optimistic and proud and strong and united. Yeah. And uh, and yet again, Behind the Bima is not just uh, schmooze and not just fascinating guests or guests. But we are focused, and nobody could remove our focus from uh, Israel, our brothers and sisters there. I want to thank our generous sponsors tonight for Behind the Bima. Daily Aliyah, a collection of practical divrei Torah on each Aliyah of every parsha. Wow. You can get it at your local bookstore. You can get it online. All the proceeds go to support daily giving. We love daily giving. Daily giving, by the way, has been giving out $50,000 a day to Israel. Absolutely incredible at this time. And Daily Aliyah is a way to study the parsha. So the seven aliyahs, seven days of the week, every day you could study that aliyah, daily aliyah. It's also sponsored by Virtual Halacha Program, a program to learn halacha at a high level under the auspices of Rabbi Nevensal with an option of getting smicha. You can visit vhalacha.com, V-H-A-L-A-C-H-A, vhalacha.com. More information, learn Hilcha Shabbos, Basar Uchalav. If you've always wanted to learn halacha seriously, Rabbi Nevensal, I don't know if you saw the images today, Rabbi Nevensal was at an army base and he was blessing the soldiers and... He had those eyes and what a holy soul and showed up supporting the, the soldiers. So you can study Torah with him through a virtual halacha program, vhalacha.com. I just want to say at the outset, before we uh, begin tonight and bring on the guests, we have incredible guests and incredible conversations and insight into what's going on on the ground in Israel um, from real heroes, extraordinary people. But uh, I don't want to say a trigger warning, but it's it's very direct conversation and the conversation with Ellie Beer in particular and Hatzalah. So if if a person um, doesn't want to hear some of the the details of what Hatzalah dealt with, what Ellie Beer dealt with that conversation in particular, just know at the outset that that's a complicated one. So Rabbi Brody, you know, talk to us. You're um... can I can I start with the following? Yeah, I got we got a. Uh sharing here just please whoever's listening do not share this with my daughter um we got a text message yesterday i'll just read you this is on the family chat and it says uh it says uh going going to base tomorrow morning and with a peace sign and right away simone responded very quickly which i'm sure you know you would as well oh well i'm proud of you just super worried Mm-hmm. And they go on, there's a little back and forth. But then I just want to say what's what's really amazing here. You see, because they just got married. She got married to Zach not, not too long ago, a few weeks ago. So what do you do the night before you go to your army base? This is hundreds of thousands of Israelis are doing this. So she goes with some of her friends, right? She goes with some of her friends to drop off pizza at her husband's base. Wow. For for them and then she leaves the next morning what an image for her base what an image and what a power couple that that both of them right now are in the army both of them are serving and uh 
Wow. Wow. Yeah. And and for yeah. her to have that peace of mind the night before she goes in to say that she's giving, she's bringing yeah. it to her husband's base. It's just a big wow. Just a yeah. big wow. Yeah. So, so how, how are you feeling about that? You're also nervous? So that, yeah. So they left this morning and or she left this morning. She's on a base right now somewhere in uh, Ashdod, I believe. But we haven't heard from her. Don't expect to necessarily hear from her. She's busy, I'm sure. And, um, you know, it's, it's it just shows you how real this is. You know, if you say, well, yeah. I don't know anyone that's in the army right now. I don't know. Okay, now you do. So now you're, now you're just one degree away. So you got you got yeah. a daughter and a son-in-law. Daughter and a son-in-law. 6,000 yeah. miles away. That's not easy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you know, again, we're just davening. And, and I'll say to, to some of our friends that, you know, in the yeshivas, and, I, I, and this is something which meant a lot to me, one of the first, one of the first, I did two things right away. After hearing that she got called up, I, I sent a message to our, to our, we have a, we have a very large, um, um, diverse group of rabbis in this community. And I figured, you know, if, if, if there's anyone that's going to pray, let's just get the entire community, all the rabbis, all of them. Let's, let's sure. we can unite around something. I think we could agree. We could reunite around Avigail. Okay. And all the other soldiers, of course. And, and then I, I texted my yeshiva. I spoke to Rabbi Glazer, who's the head of the, the he runs the Kolel, the Neri Shrel. And I said, you know, I know I get the politics. I get, I understand, you know, we have the soldiers on the one hand and we have the army on the, on the, uh, on the other hand, I said, I'm just wondering, would, would you be, would you be okay? Because, you know, every year for my father, we, we, you, you'd sponsor a day of learning. I, it's, to me, it means so much when the, when the guys in the yeshiva are doing that. So would you be able to, to do it for the soldiers? Again, I'm not pushing. If the answer is no, I might not be happy, but I understand. I understand the politics. I get it, you know? So he said to me two things. He said, first of all, first of all, we would love to give you tomorrow, but someone's already sponsored the next three weeks. Hmm. So, but then he called the guys in Miami and he gave me tomorrow because she's going in today. And so he took the next, the, the, the delayed it one this day. This is Israel? Near Israel. Near Israel. The next Beautiful. three weeks. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, um, and then he said it, the Rosh Hashiva, Ravar Feldman called the guys on, on, on Friday night after, after Kabbalah Shabbos. And he said, listen, go and go eat, but you're coming back. And he mm. said, because those guys, you guys are the same age as them. And the very least you can do is have another state of learning and everyone should be learning tonight. So there's, there's nobody, there's not a Jew in the world. There's not a Jew in the world. There's maybe, such... maybe, maybe the Jews at the capital today, but we don't yeah. talk about them. I think they need to check their Jewish lineage. I'm not really yeah. sure. So someone's going to have also, to look into their DNA and their Jewish lineage. Um, but there's not a Jew in the world who's not feeling connected to the Jewish people, to our destiny, with, with gratitude to our soldiers. I'm saying Bell's introduced to Mishabera Chetzal saying it. And Satmer is saying Avinu Malkeinu and had Tehillim gatherings. And there is no ref, right, left, and center. Now, it, it can be expressed differently by different people. Um, you know, Boca Raton Synagogue, we've done, I don't even, I, we can't even count because we had two massive Tehillim gatherings on Shemini Saras and Simchas Torah. Then we had a rally, took over Palmetto Park Road with 1,500 people. And then we had that Thursday night, another Tehillim gathering where parents of soldiers spoke. And then we had a massive community Tehillim on Monday night. So, and the BRS, you know, we, we have a certain way of doing it. We're, we're comfortable with the flag and, and at some, not always, sometimes we, we incorporate Star Spangled Banner, Hatikva, and there was a VOD and not everybody is, but I, I think it's not a time to point out the differences and put up the walls and sit in judgment of who cares more, who loves more, who's more loyal. I, right. I think we find common ground. I mean, it's, the, right. it's just the time to find what do we have in common? What's our common language? What are our common mantras? What are our common beliefs? Where's the commonality? How can we be united? Because that, that's just, that's what we need. Yeah. We need to be united, all of us, and one. And one I think we're feeling it. I think we're really feeling it. I think that there's there's something special happening to the Jewish people right now. Yeah. yeah. And the question is, having been through this, unfortunately, before, how do we make it last? How do we right. bottle it? 
How do we make it last? How do we tell people what you feel right now, right. where you're just willing to overlook and oversee the divisions and differences? You just feel united in one. Yeah. How, do, how do we make sure that even when we'll go back to those important conversations and important yeah. differences, but we do it with that same love? Why, why do we need 1,400 people to be slaughtered? Why do we need an atrocity? Why do we need to be worried about 200 right. people who are still held captive? Why do we have to be worried about? So yeah, that's 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 our challenge, that's all of question. us. Yeah. That's our challenge. I, 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 listen. I hope this war is over tomorrow. I hope it's over right now. I hope they, you know, but I, from what we're all hearing, it's not a one-day war. It's not a six-day war. It's it's going to be uh, extended. I hope that maybe from 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 the extend extended period of time of just working together or being together, we actually get used to it, and and we won't. There'll still be the differences. I'm not saying right. it's not going to be, but. We just get used to the the the, the octus, whatever that means to yeah, someone. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I so. Hope you know, so. there's so many layers of pain to this. There's obviously the the core layer of pain is the atrocity, is the the 22 pogroms, the atrocity, the loss of life, the pain, the casualties, the loss of limbs, the injured, the fear of yet the unknown, the having to step up and serve, the interruption to all their life. You know, all of that is. All of that is unbearably painful. And every time you think like, okay, the pain is deep and it can't be compounded, there's like another thing. There's just another thing. And what yeah. happened, the, the media, the media betrayed Israel, Jewish people, decent people everywhere with their whole quick response to blame Israel for the bombing of that hospital. It's, which is, it's really mind-boggling. The media who are supposed to be objective journalists, right. reporters, right. confirm, have, ver have, have verifiable sources, and all of a sudden, a terrorist organization that I won't get graphic, but we know brutally murdered and did much, much worse atrocities, they now became a reliable source. The New York Times headline, others, TV stations, and they just grabbed on and jumped onto yeah. that. And it's hard to reverse it. So yeah, they walked it back and they changed. Yeah. The White House verified on its own as if Israel, a democracy in the Middle East, you know, that did. it's unbelievable, right? So Hamas claimed Israel bombed the hospital. It turns out it was the parking lot and it grazed the hospital. But I mean, of course, all civilian life, innocent life we care about. We right. don't need to minimize that. But it turns out it wasn't Israel. It turns out it wasn't a direct hit to the hospital. It turns out, amazing, Israel took a long time to count their casualties. Hamas knew even before the rocket landed, they knew 500, 500 were killed. Right. All of a sudden, it's not you know, 500 should, anymore. And there's no mea culpa. There's nobody coming out. Right. There's nobody says, you know, mistake and that's damaged. Right. And if you are media who do that, if you believe and promote the propaganda of Hamas, you're an accomplice to Hamas because you saw what happened. You saw the burning of embassies. You see the threat and danger to Jews. You see what happened at the Capitol. You see the consequence of, of reporting and, and believing bad actors and, and promoting their propaganda. It is, is You're an accomplice. You're an accomplice to terror. You're an accomplice to evil. And that's a betrayal. It's a betrayal not only of the Jewish people, betrayal, betrayal not only of Israel. It's a betrayal of journalism and media. Ivy League administrations is an absolute betrayal right now. And, and I'll tell you, I'm proud of the Jewish people. One thing I'll tell you is we're organized and we're responding, right? So you've got billionaires who are pulling their their They're nine figure money. gifts. They're right. more than you know two three hundred million dollar gifts. Hurt the Ivy Leagues in their pocket, turning it <laughs> families that have historically been connected to Harvard, to University of Pennsylvania, to these other places and other things. You know there were there was a big movement to hang the pictures to hang pictures of those who've been held captive in different places, bring attention, hostages. appropriate the hostages. And and they're now videos of the people who've been ripping it down. So you know what the Jewish community has been doing? We find out who's, who's, we know who you are. <laughs> and, we, and you know what? I just, there were two people in Miami ripping down pictures by 10 o'clock this morning, they were fired from their job. 
not because this is like a cancel culture, but you know, there's a difference between I disagree with your politics or I disagree with your gendering or I disagree with what what sports teams you root for, and 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 you sympathize and you identify with, with brutal murder terrorists. Right. So there's just so oh. many layers of betrayal, and it's so painful. Wow. Somebody sent me a text today. Yeah. And they said, you know, we've been so worried about the Holocaust survivors. We're losing them. There's so few left. And within a few years, there'll be no more. And then who's going to tell the story? How right. will our children believe us about the Holocaust? So they said, now, now we have another generation to tell a story. Of course, it's not six million. Of course, the magnitude can't begin to compare. And I'm not comparing it. Right. But did we ever think that we'd be talking about pogroms? Do we ever think we'd be talking about, again, I won't get graphic, but but the stories, the images, the videos, yeah. the the what we've seen. I, I spoke to a Holocaust survivor today, and you know what they said? And again, only a Holocaust survivor could say this. They said, this is worse. Now, again, it's not worse in number and scale. It's much different. But what did, what did they mean? They said, because this is in Israel. This is in Israel. This is we're the one place we're supposed to be safe, you know, and that's why it's so scary. We feel so alone. We feel so so isolated and so yeah. vulnerable. And it's, I'd actually say that it's, it's, it's mixed feelings because in many ways we're not alone, right? There's been a groundswell of support, elected leaders, President right. Biden going to Israel's is sure. extraordinary first sitting president to go into a war zone to show support. It, it's the, the, we're not alone. We have a overwhelming support of elected leadership, overwhelming support of countries around the world, overwhelming support, even of the media, at least certainly at first and some throughout, but there are pockets and those pockets are right. They're crazy. loud. They're, they're loud. loud. They're loud. Loud, scary, dangerous. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I grew up in Teaneck, New Jersey. And I brought it. Do you know last night at a town at a town council meeting in Teaneck, New Jersey, no. there was a huge group waving Palestinian flags, yelling oh, yeah. Allah Akbar, threatening Jews. Police were involved. Teaneck. Teaneck. Yeah. I guess any of the videos from this. It's scary. You know, one one Jew I know, Bobby Rosalimsky, was getting into his car. He yelled Allah Akbar, slammed on his windshield. He had to get the police. It's a crazy. This is crazy. This is Teaneck, New Jersey. Teaneck, New Jersey. <laughs> Teaneck, New Jersey. It's crazy. Teaneck. Oh, this is crazy. Sorry. I got a text. You also got a text. We got texts on our uh, WhatsApp today. Palestinian flags from some guy in Egypt. Yeah, we have two groups. You know, we have groups that we started for parents with kids in Israel, for parents of IDF soldiers. Um, we started a few groups just to make people feel like connected. They have a community. And two of the groups now have been infiltrated, so to say, by a Hamas sympathizer who joined. Somehow got the link, joined the group, and then posted horrible things. And uh, and one of them, you know, quickly I deleted and removed them from the group. And they just started calling people one by yeah. one. By a one. different group, and it's it's these are scary times. I saw somebody posted October seventh was was a pogrom, a massacre. October seventeenth was a blood libel about the misreporting in the hospital. Right. So there's a lot to be optimistic and hopeful and proud right. and feeling united and feeling strong. And they've unleashed right. a an absolute beast in the Jewish people. And there's a lot right. to be scared and concerned and and worried. And it's a reality check about the Jewish condition in the world. What, what do you think about the fact that just, you know, two weeks ago, the, the Jews were looking at a civil war. You had President Biden that wouldn't meet with Bibi in, uh, in, in, when he flew into America. Now you have right. President Biden flying, Air Force One landing in right. Israel today for just a few hours. It's, it, the world is flipped. It's, everything's flipped upside down. Terrifying for good and yeah. for bad, but the world is flipped upside down. We haven't heard the words judicial reform in 10 days. Right demonstrations, rallies, every Jew is just a Jew and loves a fellow Jew. Right. And like, Everyone who threatened they wouldn't show up. Yeah. You have 150%. How many, how, many, how many in the Jewish community who've been 
who felt alienated from Israel because of Kotel policies or conversion policies or judicial reform policies, who who now like are are can't can't sleep at night because they're worried about Israel. Jews united, Jews together, Jews working Jew, towards each other, Jews selfless, Jews praying, Jews, you know, it, it's unfortunate that it takes this. We got to bottle it. We got to continue it. We got to build upon it. It's 100 percent All right. Amazing. So let's bring on we um wow conversations with some really extraordinary people on the front lines living it and uh really inspiring and hopefully it inspires all of us to think about more we can do, the difference that we can make and, and the more that we can involve. So without any further ado, some really extraordinary, extraordinary good friends. Again, with Ambassador Friedman, who is uh, a good friend of our community, a good friend of ours, a good friend of Behind the Beam Ambassador. You've been in Israel. You've been there now for since before the holidays. And you are, I know, working around the clock, day and night, doing all that you can as an American patriot and as a, an incredible supporter of Israel. Could you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing, where you've been going, what you're seeing and, and what we should know? So I think uh, I, I would divide what I'm doing into two categories. Um, uh, one is just um, traveling around and trying to see all the things that need to be seen. And, and most importantly, I've been going to hospitals and visiting uh, the wounded. And, and let me tell you, it's it's an incredible experience because the, you know, you think about it for a second, you know, someone's in the hospital wounded and the families are there and it's it should be kind of a, you know, a serious moment, but but the flip side of it is these these are the winners, right? These are the ones who are alive. So many of their friends are are, are dead right now. So it's this uh, it's this bittersweet moment that you know they're they're totally uh, totally consumed with the fact of what's going on and the fact they've lost so many colleagues and comrades. At the same time, they're thanking God that they're alive, and the parents and the families, of course, are feeling that way. And the one thing that I'm struck by is how every single person there, people who've lost legs, people who've lost arms, the the wound, they want to get back into the front. They want to go back to work. They want to go back right. into the army. So that's wow. that's one is just and, and that's really frankly, I think they do more for me than I do for them. And so, but I but I, I do it anyway. Uh, the second thing is that there is a uh, there is a thirst uh, within America for what to do. You know, people want to know what to do. How can we help? And in particular, I where I perhaps add a little bit of value is I have um, so many good relationships with so many decision makers in government that I'm really working with them to try to help develop the packages that they need. I'm not, I'm a private citizen at the same time, there isn't any ambassador right here, right now in Israel. So um, what I'm trying to do is to make sure that uh, that what Israel needs, Israel gets. And um, and I'm also trying to make sure that Israel is given the the time. I mean, if, if, if you ask anyone in the military, what does Israel need from America? Uh, it's not It's not medical supplies. It's not even ammunition in Iron Dome. It's time. Uh, they want time. They want to be able to um, prosecute this war against Hamas uh, with the luxury of the time that is necessary to do it. Where number one, they can be successful in their efforts. Number two, they can they can avoid um, taking action that puts their own soldiers at risk. Mm-hmm. So um, all of that is uh, is a full day, and uh, and, I, and I'm grateful that I'm that I'm here because I think I would feel. Uh, uh, just, 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 just. I just, just feel lost if I was not in Israel right now. Uh, let me just say one more thing. I want to. I know this is a conversation. You don't need me please. to just go no, speak. Please. But, but, um, and I, and I made this point that uh, you know, on uh, on Shmini uh, Atzeret or Simchat Torah in Israel, um, you know, we we begin saying Mashiva Ruach, right? 
And um, uh, you may have heard this already, but I, I heard it from someone. I thought it was really striking. Um, Mashiva Ruf, you know, technically means let, 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 let the wind and the, and the rain be restored in, in the winter season. But Ruach, as you know, also means spirit. And I can tell you that um, having been here for you know, the better part of the last year and seeing uh, the conflicts, the internal conflicts that were driving Israel really to, uh, to, a, to a point of, of, of real division, um, you know, soldiers were questioning whether they want to serve for a particular government. People were out every night protesting. The language was acerbic and very hard to, very hard to listen to. Well, on you know, it, we we paid a massive price, a massive price, a price that no one should ever have to pay. But when we said Mashiv Ruch on uh, on uh, Simchat Torah here in Israel, it, it meant something different. The, the mm. spirit of the country has been restored. Wow. Um, people on the left, people on the right. Uh, people who are secular, people who are people who aren't Jewish. I mean, all everybody is together right now. And again, too high a price to pay for that. But everybody is together. You know, three hundred thousand soldiers were called up in the reserves. It's the largest call up in the history of the country. Right. And three hundred fifty thousand soldiers showed up. I mean, just to give sure you a sense, the country is united like never before. And uh, you know, as 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 a famous rabbi said, Jews are great at uh, we're great at dying together. We're not so good at living together. Well, hopefully this will teach us also how to live together a little bit better. Amen. Absolutely. Now, Ambassador, from your, from your perspective, and after all of your incredible work, the U.S.-Israel relationship, first of all, it's it's gratifying. And, and you know, people can always nitpick and they're, they're hopefully partisanship is set aside right now. But the president in the middle of a war, President Biden coming over, showing support, saying the right things and even, you know, setting the story straight about the hospital. It's It's gratifying. It's important. We're very grateful for it. Your, your major, among your major contributions, including moving the embassy where the Abraham Accords and the relationship with Israel's neighbors, um, is there concern that that support might be frayed? Is there concern that those countries with whom Israel's established those relationship now is torn? Who to support or where are they? Could you describe from your vantage point and with those relationships, where are those other nations that Israel made such progress with the Abraham Accords as Israel's now under attack and in this war? Look, I think the countries that are already um, in that uh, Abraham Accord circle of trust, as we call it, I don't think they're going anywhere because they understand the under that, you know, one of the features of the Abraham Accords is uniting countries who all share a common threat. The common threat is radical Islamic extremism. And whether it's uh, Hamas or whether it's the Muslim Brotherhood or whether it's, you know, Al Qaeda or ISIS or, or Hezbollah, um, all the countries that are in the Abraham Accord universe have those threats themselves. They all know what Hamas is like. They all know what they're capable of doing without seeing the pictures, without the social media, without seeing these horrific pictures that I continue to wake up at night and cold sweat. They know about them already. They know them better than we do, frankly. And so I don't think they're, um, I don't think it's going to undo the Abraham Accords. It's going to make it harder in the short run to move things forward. I think it's going to take Saudi Arabia um, uh, a long time to get back on track. I think they were moving towards normalization. But I think the fundamentals of the Abraham Accords will stay. And, and uh, Rabbi, let me just say one thing about the president's speech today. You know, I, I'm one of his fiercest critics. And um, and there are even a couple of things today that I didn't like. You know, I don't I don't want to hear today about a two-state solution. It's the last thing I want to hear about. But, you know, uh, what, what he said today was extraordinary. And I think the, you know, not just what he said, but what he did, flying into a war zone is 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 really unprecedented for a president. And as much as I really didn't like him, <laughs> and I may not like him in the future, I really liked him today. And I, and I think that, you know, 
all of us, uh, and I, believe me, I, I've, I, I gave him credit a, uh, a week ago. I got, I got castigated hmm. from some of the people that, you know, are very politically dug in. But the bottom line is that, you know, in a war, you rally around the leader. That's what you do. Right. You know, when the war is over, we can go back and do a post-mortem. We can talk about, you know, policies on Iran. We can talk about what, you know, about Israel's policy. We can talk about all those things and hopefully make sure it never happens again. But right now we rally around the flag. We rally around the leaders. And I think we have to all deeply appreciate what uh, what the president uh, what the president did for Israel today. I think he um, I think he did enormous uh, good in terms of raising the morale. And I think the the things he's promising to do, whether it's you know bringing the the aircraft carriers off the coast of uh, of Israel, uh, making it clear, looking essentially looking Hezbollah in the eye and saying don't, um, you know, extraordinary. Um, very proud to be an American. Can I just ask you, uh, this caught us off guard. We were all in shore when it happened. Where were you when it happened? And, and what did, how did you react? You were shocked. What, what, was, what happened yeah. next? So what happened was um, uh, at about 7.30 in the morning on uh, Shabbat, which was also in Israel, it was a big day, Shemini Atzeret, Shabbat, and Simchat Torah. So a lot going on that day. 7.30 in the morning, I, I think I was just getting ready to leave the door, and I got a... A, uh, I have I have security detail here, and I and I and I saw that they were trying to reach me, and I picked up the phone, and they said, "Don't leave the house," and um, and then I started to get. And, and what what had happened was um, uh, they began to send me uh, film videos, homemade videos, of uh, Hamas terrorists driving around uh, some of these cities in the south, and um, you know. It, it, I'd never seen anything like that before. I mean, we've we've had rocket attacks, we've had terrorist attacks, but we've never had you know a couple of thousand thousand you know Hamas terrorists driving around the south like they own the place, like you know going from town to town, and and then as the so uh, you know he said to me, stay home, and uh, you know I you know I I really kind of thought twice, but I said to myself, even if even if uh, I go to shul. You know, what am I? You know, what kind of a simchatar is it going to be going to shul with this going on? I we 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 managed to scrape together a meaning inside the building. We 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 said uh, those of us who needed to say yisker said yisker inside the building. I have a safer Torah here, so we were able to we were able to you know put together a makeshift minion. But I, I you know um look it, it was just absolute shock and uh, and I uh, you know I don't know that I'll ever I hope I never see anything like that again. Um, and, and I'll tell you, the first couple of days, I mean, Shabbos, Sunday, um, I think, I don't think anybody knew if we were going to be okay. I mean, I, I think we were, we, we were concerned that, you know, the whole country had been overrun by terrorists inside or in the midst. You know, this, this fence on the border of Gaza and Israel hadn't been breached in 50 years. When, when Donald Trump used to talk about building the wall, he used to point to this fence and say, look, you know, Look how well the fence works. I'm going to build a wall. It's going to be even better. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was the paradigm of a security barrier, and it just got breached. And you know, not only did it, not only was it the, the, um, the horror of seeing, um, you know, these barbarians coming in and committing atrocities, but it was that that loss of of trust in, in 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 you know the 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 people that are supposed to keep us safe. I mean, we. We have such we have such confidence in the in the IDF and the in the Israeli intelligence and the Shabak and the government. Um, it's it's a, it's a founding principle in Israel. You know, we we count on the government to keep us safe. We may not agree with everything else they're doing, 
So this was, you know, this was the Yom Kippur War, I think, frankly, times times 10. And it um, and it really, I think it really shook us all. Now, you know, Mikan Chai Yisrael, the, 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 the rebound only took a couple of days. And I'm pretty confident now that we're, on, we're back on track. I mean, I feel we're back on track. But, but I'll tell you, and I, I, I say this, uh, you know, reluctantly, we're on track because of the people of Israel, not necessarily because of the leaders of Israel. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the extent to which anyone is culpable, and I'm not looking to go in that direction. But even those people who have lost confidence in the in the government, the, the people of Israel, it's a great point. Are rising to the occasion. That's a great point. And Ambassador, well, thank you so much for your time. We'll ask you one last question, which is: I know you have a very close relationship with Mike Pompeo. You just released this series that highlights the uh, Judeo-Christian connection to the land, and, and you have that in common. In addition to so much that you worked so closely on. Um, some have pointed out, and I don't know it's entirely accurate, that the Christian leadership voice in America seems somewhat absent from this conversation. And as, as staunch as they've been in supporting Israel in other times, right now in, in the rallies, in, in, in the prayer vigils, in just in the media, not seeing that leadership. In fact, some of my um, um, faith leaders and other religions who've, who've reached out in the past or have worked for Israel in the past, I haven't heard from them. They've gone they've gone dark. Is that a concern of yours? Do you know where that's coming from? Should we be doing more in that area? Yeah, I mean, I'm you know, Rabbi, I'm not finding that. I'm not finding that. If you look today at the uh, at page two of the Jerusalem Post, you'll see a letter to President Biden, um, you know, asking uh, him to make sure that he protects Israel. Uh, I'm I'm the first signatory, but then there's 50 other signatories of which. 25 are rabbis and 25 are are pastors, and um, and I've been on the phone nonstop with the evangelical Christian community. I've been doing webinars for them. Um, here's the difference: um, we we mobilize faster because it hits us so close. I mean, so many of us have family in Israel, and so many of us are just you know we're just in such pain. I think we mobilize faster. I think a lot of them don't know what to do exactly right now. Um, they're there. They're there. Absolutely rock solid. Um, I just uh, I just sent you a clip that I did on with Gordon Robertson, you know, Pat Robertson's son on the 700 Club. I've been on four or five. I've been on every single Christian uh, TV network um, multiple times. Uh, every time I, uh, I appear, the first thing they say is how much their uh, audience is praying for Israel, uh, praying for my family. I mean, it's it's a very it's 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 100 percent there. And I just think it's they, they just don't mobilize as quickly as we do. Uh, I don't think they I don't I, you know, they're much larger and, you know, being larger to a certain extent means that there, there's lots of different you know pockets of support. But I can tell you, you know, for example, uh, President Trump had a faith council led by uh, Paula White, who's a friend of mine. I've spoken to her six times. All she's asking me to do is what should we do? How can mm -hmm. we help what can we do? How can we help? They're all reaching out to their elected officials. Um, you know, th this is not a group that typically, you know, gets together and does demonstrations, but, you know, but there are very large churches. I mean, they're churches with five, 10,000 people. They're all, um, all completely on board. I spoke to um, Pastor Hagee, who you know, and uh, who, who I love. Um, Pastor Hagee told me he raised $5 million in a week, wow. you know, for, for the, um, for whatever Israel needs. So, I mean, you, you made us just not be seeing it partly because I think we're all right now, running around in circles trying to help, but but they're out there. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry.
that's that's very reassuring and really really happy to hear that ambassador thank you for all you've done all that you're doing all that you will do stay safe stay strong and uh, thank you please god will continue our conversations in much happier and better times with a swift israeli victory and restoring the peace and safety that we know israel desperately wants and deserves and needs and uh, we'll look forward to spending more time with you in israel if not when you're back in on this side Amen. Thank you, guys. Our dear friend Eli Beer, founder, United Hatzalah, hero of the Jewish people. Eli, this is the record-setting third time that you were on Behind the Beam. The first time you survived COVID. The second time we celebrated the Arts Girl book about Hatzalah and you. And now uh, another horrific crisis, tragedy, atrocity. Um, I know you're working nonstop. I know from my parents, from others. Hatzalah um, doing unprecedented things that you never imagined you would found this organization to have to do and to be there for. What is this experience? Have you been able to breathe? Have you been able to process? Where, where are you in this whole experience? Well, uh, it's uh, definitely the worst time of my life. We actually went into the homes of people that were slaughtered and and and. The things we saw in our in our own eyes, I couldn't believe. I thought it was in the beginning when I started hearing from the volunteers needed help. We have in our command center over 2,000 calls that came in over and over from people begging us to come save them. They were hiding in the attic. They were hiding in the shelter. They were hiding behind the bushes. They were hiding on trees. They were running away. We heard shooting. We heard people who were saying, we hid a child. In, in, in a certain place, we're going to be killed, but save our child. Things you don't imagine things could happen in 2023 in Israel. Not, I'm not talking about Ukraine or, or this is Eretz Israel. Went through a little mini Holocaust. This is mamish like a Holocaust. I felt like after 12 days and talking to hundreds of volunteers who were there, we had over 1,700 volunteers who were there either live there or came to assist. And you talk to them and you realize these guys are partisan. Hmm. These are the stories I heard about partisans. I, I just came home five minutes ago. I was out the whole day. I came home. I have to get out of the house at 2.30 in the morning. So I'm going to go to sleep for a couple of hours. And my wife was telling me another story. My wife, Gitti, who you know, she's a paramedic. She went out to save people's lives. She treated 41 people, including intubating, including needle, including anything you can imagine, including, unfortunately, also pronouncing people dead. Jewish people dead. Like, and he couldn't do anything. Just dead. But all of a sudden, she's driving under fire, missiles in the, in the air. She's driving the ambulance. We were the only ambulances, Rabbi. We were the only ambulances that were operating in the first day inside inside we went in it was too dangerous no a lot of organizations didn't want to go in it was too dangerous that the army was there unfortunately many of the soldiers got killed because of that and they were there unfortunately they were waiting for them we went in we have two volunteers that were murdered we have two volunteers missing we have eight volunteers injured we had another volunteer who was hung up on a pole for eight hours she was hung up on a, on a light post one of our doctor volunteers, who was actually a Muslim, and they pur yeah. purposely hung him up that he should see how they're murdering Jews. And only eight or nine hours later, he was released. And my wife's driving the ambulance, and all of a sudden she sees 
a fire on the side of the road and you see all these cars and people laying everywhere dead. They didn't even stop. They couldn't stop. And you see dead right away. The amount of shooting they did on these Jews, you didn't even have to go out of the ambulance to see it. You saw it driving 70, 80 kilometers an hour. You could see the dead. There was no chance. All of a sudden my wife sees bushes burning and a body, a Jewish body on the side. Mm. My wife tells the ambulance driver, stop, Gitty. He says, what happened? You see anyone dead? He said, no, stop, stop. She jumps out of the ambulance in a dangerous area. This is next to Barry. And she runs over. She starts pulling the Jew that was starting to burn out of the fire that he that his body shouldn't burn. And the ambulance driver came to help her. She said, at least in a couple of hours when they recover the body, at least he's not going to be burned. Wow. We saw a Jew at 8 o'clock in the morning who was shot with a talus on him. He had maybe 20 shoots, 20 bullets in his body. And maybe 12 hours later, our volunteers saw the same body again, the same place, the same, nothing touched. Another, the, the guy was still with his talus. And only maybe a day later, they were able to take him. Hmm. So Hatzalah became Hatzalah, the Hever Kadisha. The social work everything became the army, the security forces. Hatzala went from uh, delivering babies and uh, and saving uh, splinters. Obviously, much more than that, saving lives and and what you do regularly throughout the year, saving lives constantly. But all uh, these other all these other tasks too. It's it's unimaginable. Where, can I? Where, where were Hatzala. you, Ellie? Where were you when you got the call? And like, how, how do you, how do you react? Who do you call first? Like, who's your first phone call to? What, what happens next? I was staying, I, we were all together, the whole family. I got a phone call at 6.40 from our dispatch in Yerushalayim. We have, we do Torah Niyot on Shabbat. You know, who's in charge of the dispatch in case some big emergency happens. So uh, this Shabbos, that Shabbos of Simchat I was in charge. It was usually I'm never, I'm never in Israel, I'm traveling. But they, I was the phone call, the first phone call they called. And they said one of our volunteers was injured by a shooting. I was like shocked that night. That woke me up. Shooting 6.40 in the morning. This is like, you have to understand, this is Simcha Star, beautiful Simcha Star, Yishalayim. And also I get a call like that. So what are you talking about? They said, Inch they wrote, a volunteer of ours was shot. He's yelling for help. He says they have a war going on. I said, that guy's probably on medicines or something. Maybe check out, maybe this guy is like a little mental. Like no war, no nothing. All of a sudden, I start hearing missile attacks everywhere in Israel. Like, okay, missile attacks, maybe they confuse it with shooting. What happened was a rabbi, his name is Rabbi Chaim Sasi, who's a volunteer of ours in Shteirot. Um, he went out to a call of shooting. It was like, you know, we have so many calls of shooting. It doesn't make any headlines of shooting in Israel, unfortunately, because they have a lot of Arabs shooting on Arabs all the time. And we have a lot of calls. They were at a shooting. So he went to the police station for the shooting. And he went with, uh, with the ambicycle. When he got close to the station, the police station, he saw 20 terrorists in front of his eyes. Standing there with machine guns, M MK-47s, Kalachnikovs. They're all waiting for him. And they see him. They start shorting towards his, his direction. This guy is like a probably a 55-year-old guy. He has grandchildren at home. He's he's a firm guy. He's a he's a he's a, he's a dying in a, in the, in the basin in, in Road. He pulls out his gun 
while he's driving the ambicycle from his right hand, and he starts shooting back, he got four of the terrorists. One of them he killed. They got him in his face, and then in his leg, and then in his arm, and he fell off the ambicycle. He was, he was seriously injured, and he starts yelling, a war, war, war. That's the guy that started the war by us. And that's when I woke up. I went straight to the dispatch. My wife, Kitty, my son-in-laws, two son-in-laws that are all Hatzalah, my daughter, Abigail, they all ran down there to Shteirot because we knew Shteirot. We, we didn't know the whole area. Shteirot a war. So we went to help out. Then we heard another volunteer on the way. Another volunteer, his name is Nohorai Darshan, who went to save Rabbi Chaim Sasi. He was shot like 20 bullets in his car. It was a Hatzalah car. And he right away, we left the car there. The car, by the way, was the engine was on for 15 hours alone. They couldn't get to that car. 15 hours, the engine was on until the gasoline finished. Hmm. And um, the, the, he, he really, when, when I heard these things, shooting, shooting, shooting from different directions, then we started getting phone calls from people begging us to come help rescue them. Like, like they, they couldn't call it. Who are you going to call the police? The police weren't answering the phones. They were shot. And I'm going to make a Seder on the things. I'll tell you, explain you how it happened. These terrorists, they came very organized. This was a well-planned siege over Israel. And a big nest, by the way. I'll tell you why, a big, big nest. These guys were trained either Iran, Russia, who knows? Russia is a big tzaddikim. They wanted to do this thing to diverse their war. They donated a lot of money, apparently a few weeks before to Hamas. Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas, they came 615, 630, 620, whatever it was, they attacked all the all the army stations on the border and they came with drones and they literally blew up the drones inside the command rooms where all the, you know, like all the, the computers and all the alarms and everything, they blew, they killed a lot of the soldiers there. They started shooting missiles on Israel, like dozens and dozens of missiles. So everyone's running to the bomb shelters. Then they come out of the blue. They have farmers on the side of Aza. For the last few months, they had farmers working the land there purposely to make the soldiers used to these farmers that are there. Usually they don't have so many farmers on the border, but these guys from Gaza are farming. And all these farmers, all of a sudden when the missiles attacks happen, they take out guns, they start shooting the, 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 the police, the, the army guys, the soldiers out in they killed most of them. And then they came with tractors. They broke down the borders. 2,900 terrorists came into Israel. 2,900. Mm. After them, hundreds of barbarian, not terrorists, just thieves and rapists and who knows what, came into Israel just to steal and rape. So this mm. is what happened that morning. So 7 o'clock in the morning, all these Yishuvim, you're talking about I mean, dozens of Yishuvim, were attacked by... 2,900 terrorists. These terrorists knew where to go. They went to the police station of, of Hakim, which is 30 minutes away. They went to the police station of, of Ashtarod, Natibot, and other places, and they took over the police stations. They killed the, the, the cops. These cops, 6.30 in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, are not ready for, uh, like, it's a kind of a war. Right. Now, the army, or not like Atzala, the army doesn't come in 90 seconds. The army takes sometimes, I mean, hours, days, usually. To get an army together. 
most of the soldiers, you know, family members of yours who are in the army, in the weekends, like Simchas Torah, they go, most 90% of the soldiers go home for vacation. Right. So they hardly had any soldiers, and the soldiers that were there were surprised, and they were shot. A lot of them were killed. Hundreds of soldiers were killed, hundreds. So they were, they were by the way, the doors were open to Haifa. From Shtey Rhodes, think about it. They were doing a massacre all over, taking over land, taking over cities, taking over kibbutzim, hostage. They were killing people, and they could have continued to Yerushalayim, where hundreds of thousands of people lived. Right. The bigness was, the big bigness, no one thinks about it, that two policemen between Shtey to Yerushalayim that were giving speeding tickets. Think about it. That's all we had, security from Shtey to Yerushalayim. So if they would have taken all these vans that they had and all these cars, these pickup trucks with the RPGs and, and MK-47s, you would have talked about tens of thousands of people dead, if not hundreds. Unimaginable, unimaginable. Ellie, tell us, we saw the images today, President Biden, big statement, the US president flying to Israel in the middle of a war, saying all the right things, throwing in a Dvar Torah. Again, whatever one's politics, whatever one wants in the election next year for right now, I think that all those who love Israel and the U.S. need to rally around the U.S. president who's doing and saying the right things and show Hakar Satov gratitude. I know, and, and we saw the video, the image that he met with you. Um, what was that like? What, what, what does it mean for you, for the Israeli people, for Hatzalah? Is there a morale boost that the president of the United States comes personally during a war, says, I'm here, we have your back, moves aircraft carriers in? What did the two of you talk about? So, first of all, I was like shocked. Uh, Two days ago, I got a phone call from a representative of the White House in Jerusalem and the embassy. Um, she says, are you really beer? I said, yes. She said, the president would like to invite you personally to meet him in the Kampinski Hotel in Tel Aviv. Do you have time? Oh, she was apologizing. She said, I know you're very busy. But if you can't make it, I understand. But if you could, the president would be very happy. I thought she's calling me like, hmm. it sounds like a, like someone would do to me once in a while, but not in a war. You know, like this right. is a funny joke, but but I was like, I don't believe it in the beginning. I said, listen, I'm not sure if I could clear my calendar. I have a busy schedule, but let me check it out. I'll get back to you. Like, I really wanted to see if this is real or not. But I'll tell you, when I got there this morning, we spent an hour and a half together with the president. And I was talking to the president. I never in my life felt a person with so much pain in his eyes. He had pain. You saw the pain coming out of his heart. He at least made us feel like he is suffering from our miseries, right. like what we are suffering from. He, he constantly said, Ellie, he said, you should just know, he said, what I suffered when I lost my wife and son in mm. a car accident, mm. or he lost his son, so he said, in Iraq or somewhere. He said he lost two kids, two sons out of three he lost, and his wife. He says, I feel the same now. He says, I feel the same now. He kept saying that over and over. And he says, I was telling him stories about heroism, about one of our volunteers who found these two babies. They told him a story, and he couldn't get over that. He says, I can't believe these things happened today. Like, you know, unheard of. The President of the United States, the strongest man in the world, strongest country in the world comes to Israel for meeting the Prime Minister of Israel and the, and the government cabinet and then meeting with us. We were only a few people. And 
sitting in them for an hour and a half. And I honestly, I could have said more, but I didn't feel well already. I was like, I, my throat is killing me. After an hour and a half, I just left the, ho- left the hotel, the Kampinski. And I said, you know what? He's probably going to stay another few hours because they offered to stay and had food there and had a press conference. I said, I was, I'm out. And then he just left the country and he came for literally six hours or eight hours. And I think this was the biggest boost, the biggest boost that Israel ever got in times of war. Thinking about, you're too young to remember the Yom Kippur War when Golda Meir was begging, begging for support from America. And we had a Jew, unfortunately, that then said, I am first American, second, I'm Secretary of State, and third, I'm only a Jew, right? I'm a Jew third. The The President of the United States said to me these words, you don't need to be a Jew to be a Zionist. Yeah. I couldn't believe he said it. I was like, is this real? Now, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a politician. I don't care right or left, the Democrats, Republican. I'm United Hatzalah. I have Arabs, I have Jews, I have Haredi, I have secular. I always preach all my life about Achdus in Israel. And now you see how, how much I was right. Mm. The only way people went against me many years ago, you know this. Ellie, you're joining in Arabs, you're joining this, you're joining second, you're joining reformed Jews. I join anyone who wants to say, anyone who wants to go through a one-year course of how to save a baby from choking, a one-year course, he's accepted to be in United Hatzalah. What, what's this, the Arab the Arab volunteers? What's what's the response to all that's been like for them? Are they are, are people harassing them? Are they safe? Are 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 people concerned? Like the person you thought was your friend, what if it turns out that they're with the other side? Uh, have they expressed a lot of sympathy? What's what's that been like within the organization? Well, you're asking a great question. I I, I, I ask that question every day, and I and I check these Arab volunteers, and I always looking at them and what they feel. You would know that the day that this whole thing started on Shabbat, we had over a hundred Arab volunteers who came from Yerushalayim and other cities to help out in this in treating and saving people, putting their life in danger. One of our Arab volunteers. Awad, his name is Awad, from Nazareth, came to be there, and he and he didn't want to run away when they started shooting on him. He he was working to save people, and he was caught by the Arabs, by these Hamas guys, and he was tortured. His body was unrecognizable. We found him four days later. He was an Arab United Hatzalah volunteer who gave his life. Guess what, Rabbi? I wish I could show you this video now. We had 50 volunteers on motorcycles in his Levaya in, in Nazareth. 50 volunteers of United Atzala, from guys who pay us with, with tits outside, came to his Levaya, an Arab guy. And when they buried him, a few volunteers went over to the cave and said Kaddish. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was crying when I heard this. Yeah. This gives me a little hope that we could overcome this because we have a few million Arabs living here. And if we have a few people like Awad here, we can't get, this is not a country that has one type of color, it has everyone, mm. but we need to find our allies. Mm. Hamas, everyone knows Hamas is enemies, not only of Israel, not only of Judaism, is enemies of humanity. Right. And they want to kill everyone who's not like them, even Arabs. Bedouins, we had an Arab Bedouin doctor who was going to to his hospital in Barzilai, and he got the Hatzalah call. 
and he responded to the call. He thought it was a shooting, like a regular shooting. All of a sudden, they caught him. They shot him all over. He was alive. They real, he started yelling in Arabic to them, and they didn't believe him. He's Arabic. He said Quran stuff on him. He said the psukim of Quran. They tortured him. They hung him up on a pole for nine, eight or nine hours. He was there hanging. Unimaginable. This is this is stuff. I want to say that I'm so proud to be a Jew. I'm so proud to be an Israeli, an American too. I'm very proud to be an American. I'm an American citizen. I'm very, very proud of it. Jew, Israeli, American, and I'm proud of all of them, but I'm proud to be a United Hatzalah person. And I'm a regular guy. I just love the volunteers. I would give the, my life for them. I would give my life for Israel. My son now is fighting in the Israeli army. I'm very, very proud of him, my son, Israel. And we have a very special country. We went through the worst tragedy this country ever saw. I spoke to Doron Mog today. We had a very long conversation. Doron Mog, you know him. He was a general in the Yom Kippur War. And I said, what's worse, Yom Kippur War or this? He said, definitely this, no question. Wow. Yeah. Those wars were soldiers against soldiers. Ellie, we're, we're, you're proud of all that, and we're proud to know you. We love you. We thank you. And uh, we're davening for you. We're davening for the volunteers. We're davening for the soldiers. We're davening for everyone in Israel. You're all we think about. You're all we're working hard on. You're all we care about. And we hope to come see you and uh, do whatever we can to show our love in person very soon. Get some sleep. You desperately need it because we know there's I will, a lot more I work will. And I want to thank you, Rabbi. You're giving chizik to so many people. Two Rabbanim, two of the rabbis I love. Rabbi Brody and Rabbi uh, Goldberg. I want to say thank you to you and all your support to United Hatzalah. We have incredible people just saying, we, you need an ambulance, you need a motorcycle. We have someone just called us, Mercedes in Germany. Mercedes in Germany called us. We have 40 ambulances in order by them, 40 ambulances, Mercedes ambulances. They called us and they said, they're giving us a donation of a half a million dollars as these are going Mercedes and things. So I think this calls every Jew in the world to support, of course. Wow. And, wow, and wow. people should yeah. give, you know, a lot of ways of helping. They have a lot of great organizations. And I'm telling people here that listen to you, all these packing and things are incredible. They're amazing. But if you really want to help, just go on the website of any organization. I mean, I would love if you could do it in United Hotel. Give him money. We are an organization. We operate all year round. We're not a pop-up organization coming and leaving. We need support, financial support. We know what to buy. We know where to buy it from. We could buy everything. We're not in Africa in some picky place. People send us. We got two big boxes of tampons, United Hospital, from the United States. It's beautiful. But we have supermarkets. We could buy them here. We, have, we know what we need. We know the medicines we need. We know the... The, the oxygen tanks we need, and we know the ambulances we need, and everything we could do. So if you go on israelrescue.org, donate and support United Hatzalah, and support other causes, of course. Support Yeshua. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, support Israel. Everything's Israel right now. We're proud. Our community's connection with Hatzalah. We know many people. And, uh, and it's called United Hatzalah because we are separate than Hatzalah in Florida, which you should support too. Hatzalah in Florida is a great organization, but we are in Israel. Hatzalah United, New York is New York. Absolutely. Called United Hatzalah. You can look at israelrescue.org. Everyone here knows what it is, Ellie. We all yeah, know, we all know love you. it. And we all know you. Get some sleep. We love you. Please, God, the fourth time you come back behind the Bima, it'll be 
because the Israelis had a sweeping victory. We eliminated Amen. this evil from the earth and uh, we've restored safety Amen. and security. And please, God, you can go back to delivering babies and hopefully uh, being here for good things and, and saving lives that, that happen in, in the ordinary times. But we thank you. We thank Hashem for you and get some sleep. Stay safe. Stay strong. We love you. Thank you. Joined now by uh, Mayor Aliza Pilichowski. Mayor, thank you so much for all your work. I know even before this war broke out, your leadership that you've been uh, showing your community and well beyond has been extraordinary. We know it firsthand from when you lived in Boca Raton, you and Rabbi Pilichowski. Your leadership and your, your fingerprints are still all over this community in, in beautiful ways. Take us through a little bit what's going on, your family, how this is being impacted, your community, your responsibility in terms of security as, as mayor, um, tell us first of all how you're doing. Okay, well, first of all, it's really nice to to I feel like a little bit like I'm back at home in Boca, um, sitting in your office or Wigelberg and with Ray Brody. It's really nice to feel like we're back in the BRS world. The team. Um, those are those are good memories, and it's nice to be back there. We're looking forward to the day that both of you and the entire Boca Raton community come and live in Israel, and hopefully many of you will come and live in Mitzvah Yericho, and we'll be able to recreate Yumei Kedem um, right here. Um, so it's, so I'm going to start with today, and then, and then we'll, we'll, we'll start working backwards and keep me online when I start tangentially telling stories. So um, right now, right now, going on right now in Mitzvah Yericho, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's happening. Um, there is there's a, a a huge room right now of boys of boys men women and girls who have there's a special sack right now that that women I'm not sure exactly what part of the tzitzis making they're allowed to do and there's basically basically a tzitzis factory happening right here in mitzvah Yericho making tzitzis for soldiers simultaneously we have a group of um soldiers i can't I, I can't talk about it too much, but there's a large group of soldiers here in Mitzbay that we're feeding, and we're also feeding hundreds of other soldiers in the neighborhood, neighboring Yishuvim. All of that is being cooked here in Mitzbay and then being brought out to the Yishuvim. So three meals a day, um, cookies, cakes, everything else. And then there's a whole dude of um, like, a, a, like a whole unit of, of laundry. So all the soldiers' laundry mm. is all packed up in bags. Each bag has a name on it. I was able to do, do a bag of laundry myself. Take the laundry. Keep, you have to keep the bag. You wash all the clothes, fold them up. It was wow. a very exciting to wash, wash very smelly madim, fold them back up, and send them back to, to the chayal. And, wow. and they all sent back their the bags as they opened it up. Every single family sends back with a with a pet tech that says, you know, we love you. I'm Israel Chai, we're with you. Um, with a plate of cookies or whatever, each family, whatever little little treats they can send back. That's going on right now. In addition, we have we have we have about 40 families from the south that have relocated to Mitzbay um, for however long it's going to be. And those families also are being fed and doing their laundry and providing um, all kinds of uh, daycare um, services and everything that they that they may need going on in Mitzvah. So the community so, has mobilized to help all the neighbors and communities. Yeah. And yes. And, and it's, I mean, it's a very strange thing because on the one hand, it, it feels like camp, 
you know, everyone's like doing and running and, and then like, you know, then you stop for a minute and, and you, you, you know, Loalenu, we open up our phones and we see the, this, this nightmare that we're actual, that we're really in the middle of. And it's a very, very weird reality of living in a nightmare wow. and living in one of the greatest times of Klal Yisrael, like being there for each other. The, the feelings of having Biden here and and really, I mean, his words today, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm your, you all, you know, both of you rabbis have very inspiring words, but, you know, to hear his words, his, his words of Torah were like, mm. you know, mm. it was, it was unbelievably inspiring and, and comforting that, that people care. Absolutely. And, and we got, we got where Spodak came to, came and brought your, this community of Boca Raton, what, what, what you all do there is, I'm, it's unreal. It's unreal. So tiny we're part, we're, do, we're doing next to nothing. But tell oh us about your, God. tell us more about responsibility as as mayor. Wait, 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 I, I just want to tell. I, no, I need to tell. I need. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to tell you. So we're so sorry. Ray Spodak calls me and he says, "Okay, I'm gonna come at I'm gonna come at, at 8 p.m. Great, no problem. Get everything ready. All ready at 8 p.m." He's like, "Okay, it looks like we're gonna be a little bit later. I'm not sure exactly what time. Midnight. He comes." He comes with his duffels filled with medical supplies. My whole team, my whole medical team and army team are there waiting for him. It was the most incredibly inspiring moment. He takes out everything, the stuff you can't get in Israel right now. So if, if, if Ray Spodak hadn't come to Israel and hand delivered it, we would not have had it. And he brought it. And then that's, that's great. And that's what we really need. But what he mm. brought that we didn't, no, we needed were the care packages that the children from Boca made with notes and and little snacks and deodorant and and he's handing it out to the soldiers. One of the soldiers started crying to know that all wow. of Am Yisrael is behind us, wow, behind wow. every one of our soldiers that are putting their lives on the line every single minute. It's unreal. Mika Amcha Yisrael. So I'm sorry. That is amazing. No, no, that's okay. I'm gonna let you do that, but I'm actually gonna. Hold on, let's bring on. We got, we got Yitzhak. Whoa, ah. Look at this. We're gonna, we're gonna bring oh. on now together. <laughs> I just spoke about you. So Yitzhak, we got, we got Elisa Pilachowski on here also. She was just describing what it meant when you and your father brought all the duffels and the bags and everything from, um, from Boca. Yitzhak, tell us where you are right now. What's been going on? Yitzhak grew up in Boca Raton, served in the army, and uh, last Motzei Shabbat. Yitzhak and his father, Rabbi Josh Spodek, got on the plane, took, how many duffels did you take with you? 39. 39, 39 bags. duffels. 39 bags. Yitzhak, where, where are you now? What are you up to? Uh, we are currently in Bnei Adam. It's a small yeshuv outside of Yerushalayim. Uh, we're here with uh, the Chaylim uh, that are in the area and doing uh, their guard duty, the Shmirot, really for all of the yeshuvim in the area. I'm here with the Mempei. Uh, who's the the lead commander of the area uh, and the other Chayalim, and we're basically doing for them just a massive barbecue. Uh, and they wow. literally keep coming in and out because they have to continuously go and do their guard duties. They have to go to their different posts and do their guard duties. So they come and they go. Uh, I just went out with one of them, uh, one of the commanders here, who was actually one of the first people who helped build this yeshuv. He was the fifth family that moved here. 
I just did a, a little tour with them around the Yishuv and brought the people who are doing their gardening now, uh, their dinners, we packed them up for them in, in uh, little containers and brought them to them. Uh, and I was able to look around the Yishuv and I'm just, this place is incredible and these Chaylim are incredible and we're so happy that we could be doing this for them. Uh, they have a few words they'd like to say, Absolutely. a little bit of thanks. It's going to be in Hebrew, but uh, I'll try and translate as best as I can. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll help you with this. Thank you so much, Rabbi. All right, Yitzhak, what, tell, tell us one more one more word. What else is on tap, you and your father? You, you've come to volunteer to work. You're going around. You're, you're barbecuing for soldiers. What else are you up to? Uh, yeah, so so we're going around. We're, we're doing these barbecues. Um, we were also able to, today we went to six bases in the south uh, and dropped off duffel bags at each base filled with supplies that we collected from the community. So everybody who donated and everybody who was able to send supplies, whether it be some physical supplies or money, uh, they're being used. Uh, they're giving to the, to the best hands they could possibly go to, to our soldiers. And we were able to deliver them to six different bases in the South today, uh, which was incredible. We got to see firsthand what these soldiers are going through. Um, and that was today. Uh, we spent, uh, uh, two days ago, we spent the day uh, at Bate Shiva. Um, so we went around to different places and uh, visited families uh, bereaved families who have lost uh, either either uh, uh, loved ones who were, who were soldiers or just family members in, 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 the, in the horrific massacre that happened down south. Um, and we, we, we were able to visit those different families and, and give them a little bit of Tizuk and try, try and just tell them that we're there for them. Um, tomorrow we're going up north. Uh, Might Sabbath is currently up north. We're going to try to go up there tomorrow and bring them 50 pizzot and uh, and just, you know, mechazek them uh be with them. We're going to go to another few other bases up north. Bring them also duffel bags. Try to mechazek them also. We're delivering sidurim. We're delivering kumashim. Uh, we're basically just going on and, and anywhere that needs help, we're trying to give that help. Amazing. It's like, keep it up. We couldn't be more proud of you. Please give the biggest hugs in the world to the whole country and everyone you see in it. Our love, our hearts, everything is there. We're proud of you. Thank you for representing Thank us. You. And hopefully we're going to be Vega, yeah, there's, there's one more. There's one more soldier who would like to say something. Sure. I, I want to tell you, uh, hello, Eliza. I know Eliza. <laughs> is an an angel in Israel. He brings us to our place in Benjamin. Big light. And I know I see the light because Rabbi Yoshua and his son, Yitzchak, that they come to us in Bnei Adam. Bnei Adam is a little village that before 80 years, I come here. It was nothing, and I put a tent here, and now it's 100 families. Amazing. Wow. Keep growing. Amazing. I invite you. When you come to Aliza, you come with Aliza to us. Okay, Aliza? We'll make no a we look forward. We look forward. Bezrat Hashem. Stay safe, stay strong. <laughs> stay safe, stay strong. Hashem should protect you while you protect us. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you. Eliza, how do you know? How do you know that soldier? Who doesn't know Eliza? 
Oh, so it's amazing. There were two. There were two other Yoshvei Rosh, two other mayors that were in the background during that conversation. Right. So it, it's it's like the weirdest. It's like the craziest thing. Everybody is doing their is doing their part. Everybody in the country. So everybody's on the front line. Oh, we're back in it. There we go. So I'm here with the with the Rav. This Rav, I just wanted to give him a little bit of an introduction. This is Rav Chaim. Rav Chaim has been a great connection for me while we were here. He's a rabbi who basically is in charge of the Haredi units in the army. So Chetz, that's in Samchanim, uh, Netzach Yehuda, and I know the Haredi units, and he's been helping me put together a lot of what's going on here, and uh, he wants to say just a few words. Please. Erev tov lekulam, ani daber beivrit. לי קוראים חיים לידר, אני גר בבני ברק, אני כבר זוכה עשר שנים ללוות את הפלוגות החרדיות בצהל ולעשות להם פעילות קודש, שיעורי תורה, שבתות, התוועדויות ועכשיו אני זוכה פה במלחמה הזאת ללכת מבסיס לבסיס ולחזק את עם ישראל וזה כיף לראות שיש אנשים מכל העולם מגיעים אנשים מתקשרים אליי מכל העולם מקצה לקצה שרוצים לעזור לחיילי צהל אבל אני בממוצע כל יום אני נוסע לנתב"ג לקחת חבילות לחיילים אז כל הכבוד לכם ותודה רבה Where's your father? Is your father there? Yeah. Where is he eating? He's on the barbecue line there. He's barbecuing. He's barbecuing. I'm another company commander here. They want to tell you that the food here that you see is very yummy, but your support literally give us power to fight. So thank you very much for this. Really, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's no words to thank you. No words to thank you. Okay, ואני גם עכשיו לוחם פה במילואים, קראו לנו, אנחנו ממש מעריכים את התרומה שלכם, את החיזוק שלכם לעם ישראל, משם שתמשיכו ככה תמיד לעזור, ומצפים לראות אתכם בארץ הקודש. אמן, בקרוב, בקרוב, בעזרת השם. אמן, כן, יאללה. And uh, so I'm going I'm to try and go over to here, to him, so you can say hi. They want, it, they yeah. want, it, they want you to say hi. Oh. We're coming. We're right behind you, Josh. We're right behind you, Rabbi. Tell, tell us about Rabbi the Goldberg, trip. Rabbi Brody, I, I, I tell you the support, uh, you, your leadership in our community has been, my kids came Tell us about you, tell us about, about you, tell us about what you're doing. Tell us about what you've been doing. You know, we've been trying to do everything we can to mechazek et alev, to meromem et alev, shalachayalim shalano, shalamishpachot shalano. We went to pay, nichum avilim, to pay shiva calls. We went to, hem, 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 debrim. Said them, let's see if she's not here at the bear. Said them. She's me. Okay. Okay, yeah. Oh. Shoot the... Okay, are we staying tuned in for this? <laughs> 
שיש דבר אחד שאתה חייב לעשות כיהודי, כל פעם שאתה הולך לישון בערב, לפני שאתה שם את הראש שלך על ה... קוראים לזה? קרית. קרית. חייבים לשאול שאלה אחת. תרמת משהו לעם ישראל היום? עשית משהו בשביל עם ישראל היום? ואם לא, אל תלך לישון. כך אני למדתי בישיבה שלי. שכל ערב, לפני שהולכים לישון, אחרי העבודה ואחרי הטיפולים עם הילדים ואחרי הכל, צריכים לשאול את השאלה, תרמת משהו לעם ישראל? לבני ישראל? לכלל ישראל? עשית משהו? עשית משהו טוב? הבאת אור לחיים? טוב לחיים? ואת המשפט הזה, השאלה הזאת, אני ניסיתי עם אשתי בבוקר לחנך את הילדים שלנו, שהם ישאלו את אותו שאלה, איך אנחנו יכולים לתרום לעם ישראל? ברגע שהבן שלי, הבחור יצחק, שמע מה שקרה, הוא אמר לי, אבא, אנחנו חייבים לחזור הביתה. אנחנו חייבים לחזור Aliza, talk to us, mayor, yes. of, mayor of Mitzvah Yericho. So okay. This, this, um, from all the joy and all the positivity that we've just seen, the infiltration, what does that mean, security for a place like Mitzvah Yericho that falls on your shoulders, Madam Mayor? Okay, so, um, so it's real. It's real, the, like, the threats, um, everything, everything that you hear on the news is what we're, is what we're preparing for. And, you know, it's, it's terrifying. It's words from Eicha that, you know, that are so unfathomable. You know, we, we, you know, we thought, we thought we really, that we were strong and we realized that it's all, it's all Bitei Shamayim and it's only Akarish Baruch Hu. And at the same time, we have to do our Ishtadlis and, and that's what we're doing. And every day we're, we're figuring out what, what we can do better and what we can do more and, and, and that's and that's what we're doing and what it, and, does it mean for you the infiltration are you learning from it and you say well, now we can see where our weaknesses were now we're learning from this what it really means to fortify a yeshuv that it can feel somewhat confident a little bit more confident what does that mean where, where do you get the money to do that how do you take the responsibility for it walk, walk us yeah. through let, let the people who are listening and watching who don't live it every day get a sense of what that means for you and that responsibility so it's it's actually crazy because things that we thought we thought we had done to prepare for worst case scenario are, we never imagined a worst case scenario. Right. I, I can't, you know, we can't even fathom what that means. Um, you know, the reason that, that, that we're in this is just, it's just nuts. So it used to be that there would be, you know, um, security and medical supplies in a centralized area that would be for all the surrounding Yishuvim. And, and we realized we don't have that. We need, it needs to be right here, right now, whatever we have is what we're going to be able to use. And, and things that we thought we would be able to share with other Yishuvim are no longer shareable. It can only be what we have right here. Now we are the lowest on the totem pole of emergencies in, in Israel. 
um, I mean, not the lowest, lowest, but, you know, on the one hand, that's great because we're not in the worst place. But at the same time, the threats that we have of our neighbors, you know, in Yericho and, you know, they're, they're doing, they're doing lots, lots of, lots of activities in, 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 in Yericho itself. Right. Um, the army is going in all the time. We hear it. We see it. Um, we know about the riots that they're doing in Yericho. Um, there, there have been attempts and there are attempts all the time to come into Mitzvah. Um, you know, I'm not going to explain, uh, you know, in, in this form of, you know, exactly what we're, how we prevent it and how, how we make sure that that doesn't happen, but the attempts are there on a right. daily basis. Wow. Um, it's, it's petrifying and we need to be prepared and, and things Things that that the army that the army and the state of Israel is making sure is being taken care of on the on the borders of Israel and the big cities. That's where they have to be focusing their energies. But what what I what I'm so grateful to the everyone in Boca is that they understand and and we've we've gotten outpouring of of support from Boca and we hope that we continue to get that support. And that's those are the things that we're able to do. So. We're, we're right now trying to get, and I hope that in your bags that you're going to bring next week when you come to visit us. So, so I'm, so I hope. Well, to let, me ask to... you, let me ask you a question yeah. and then maybe we'll close with this. We really appreciate your time, Mayor, but you know, it's clear, it's clear sort of our role here right now. We're, we're busy running rallies and Tehillim gatherings and working with media and elected officials and doing interviews. And there's a lot of work to be done on this end and contribution to be made. Of course, our hearts in Israel, I, I, I wanted to be on a plane on Motzei Simchas Torah. I was ready to book a flight. It's less clear to me, and I know Rabbi Spodek is doing amazing things right now. We just had him on. We're going to speak to Rabbi Bistin momentarily, who went to Israel, brought bags, and did, did great stuff. It's less clear to me that if we put a mission together, I know that boosts morale. I know that it means we're not afraid to come. I got that. But it, will there not be a lot more to do in, in the coming days or weeks when we know more? Well, what's the timing of when the, the diaspora Jew who is desperate to go should be going? Well, I mean, only Akash Baruch knows. We, we, we do not know anything. What I know is what we can do today. Right now, I need, I need, I need you to bring bags. I have, I have, I have, I need, I need protection for my soldiers and I need that now. And the sooner you can get on the plane that you can bring me those bags, that will save lives. Period. I need. The, I need the medical. Cynic, the cynic who says, you know, these bags aren't even making it where they need to go. A lot of it gets thrown in the garbage. They, it's just... I I promise you that what you bring to me, I will use. Got it. What I mean, please God, by the time you get here in, in a couple of days, Mashiach will be here, and 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 we'll be using it to 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 for to build to, as you know for to, for for gardening. But for right now, we need that for war, hmm. and and we're in a war. And I need it right now. I don't know what's going to be in a couple of weeks. And if you and if you need to take another flight to go back and come back again, I know that you'll do it. And if it's not you, you're going to send your shlichim like Rabbi Spodak and and Yitzchak. But we're gonna we're gonna get it, and we're and we need it right now. Will okay. you be busy every single minute of every single day that you're in Israel? Yes, hmm. I will. I I will I will help you build that, and you will be you will do that. You'll be tying tzitzis. You'll be peeling potatoes. They just sent out in the last hour. You'll be you'll be tying tzitzis. You'll be peeling potatoes for the for the chalents for all the bases around here. You're going to be doing laundry. You're going to be going to the bases and doing doing and, and making barbecues. You're going to be busy from morning till night. You're going to be crying in shiva homes the way that that Rice Bodak just spoke about. 
and you're going to be doing. And if you come, okay. I, I promise you that you will, that you, that you, that you All will right, use we got our assignment. Very, very, right, we got to go book it. We got to go book We're our flight right now. Listen, my Chellen right and Barbara. Right now, and I call the bags first. Don't let anybody send anything. They're mine. I'm just yeah. letting you know. I think it might have been booked. <laughs> my ch my Chellen and barbecue. You want me doing your laundry? I don't think as much, but Robert Brody's good at laundry, so yeah, exactly. Um, you can Arisa, deliver it. You can, you can send it around. Thank you. you your, hu your husband, who's who's your biggest fan in the world, keeps him posted regularly on just how much he admires you and how outstanding all that you do is. So please love to Rabbi Uri, love to uh, your whole family, love to all of Mitzvah Yericho. And we look forward to, to seeing you over there, sitting at the Pilachowski Palace on the incredible view okay. and uh, enjoying a, a Lachaim and a cigar and a Dvar Torah as we celebrate really an Israeli sweet. victory and safety being returned to Kala mm -hmm. Israel with the continued Akhta. So thank you so much for being with us. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for everything that everybody's doing. And love. So grateful. We are joined by a, a dear friend of ours for many years, both Rabbi Brody and myself, JJ Sussman. JJ, you are um, working hard. We know on, on Israel, and there's so many angles of things that people are working on. Of course, our soldiers who are first and foremost in our in our tefillos and our prayers and our efforts. Everybody who lives there, who, who who has family members serving and themselves are directly affected. You have spent the last number of years working at the front lines of Gesher, of trying to bridge the gap between the religious, non-religious, and create unity in Israel. And, you know, if two weeks ago I would have told you that you'd see a unified Israel, nobody using the two-word judicial reform, people coming together in unprecedented, unparalleled yeah. ways, uh, demonstrations of selfless love towards one another, you would have said to me, Goldberg, I know we know each other a long time, but you're out of your mind. Out of your mind. And, and, of course, what, what happens is an atrocity that we would never welcome or want. It's horrific. It's terrible. Uh, we don't understand it. We don't accept it. But but we are seeing that coming together. Because uh, share a little bit from your perspective. Um, first of all, what's going on, you, your family, in terms of how you're navigating this difficult time, but also with your work with Gesher and seeing a country come together, um, front lines of seeing that happening. Share with us a little bit about what you're seeing. Yeah. So f first of all, I would have I wouldn't have said Goldberg. I would have said Rabbi Goldberg. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think this is affecting everybody on on very very uh, on on all levels, on a personal level, a family level, a community level, and then also on uh, in my case on a Gesher level, on uh, you know on on whatever work everyone everyone does. So let me just interrupt like, you one second. I should I should have said also I know a family member who was yeah. So that's what I was gonna say. Let me maybe I'll address all of those, and I think it, it may give your uh, your listeners a little sense of of not just what what I'm going through, but I think everybody here in Israel is going through on all those levels. So on on a personal level, as you mentioned, my my cousin uh, Yosef uh, Gedalia, who served in one of the elite units in the in the army, was one of the first to respond uh, on Simchas Torah to uh, to what was going on. I, I was davening with him Simchas Torah morning, and and he left after the first siren or two in uh, in Yerushalayim, straight to the to his base and then to the battlefield. And and what we're learning now from uh, from various uh, accounts of of what happened there, he was literally a, a hero, a Jewish hero, saving lives of, of many families in Kfar Aza uh fighting against the uh the evil terrorists who uh just came to to kill jews and uh, ultimately uh ultimately at the end of that day he uh he had passed away he was he i don't want to say he passed away he fell uh al kiddush hashem amash in uh in battle he saving murdered. he was murdered by cold war evil terrorists so so he uh and, and again i don't think I, in some ways he's obviously my my cousin my first cousin's son but but in other ways he's uh, you know, there were a thousand stories like that. So it's really affected every single, every single house in Israel. I've been to a few funerals already, a few shivas of uh, friends. And just so you get a sense, the shiva homes are, are packed with people. I, I went to a, another friend in Ranana who's sitting shiva because his son 
also in the army, uh, fell in battle. And, and we're sitting there probably 150 people on Saturday night. And all of a sudden, the other guy walks in, uh, just like everyone else, but with a guitar. And all of a sudden, Hanan Ben Ari comes to pay a shiva call and wow. starts talking to the family and starts playing. He found out that the soldier was a, was a big fan of his. And, and who are you? All, all over the place. Yeah. Arya Zering. Arya Zering. Yeah. Is that, exactly. He was at the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. He was at, uh, is that guy's wedding? Uh, so that, I mean, that's on a, on a personal level and you, you hear the stories and, and we don't even know that these are really heroes, heroes of Israel. So that's on a, on a personal level on a, on a family level. I think again, every family, uh, is in a different stage of life. You know, some of them, some families obviously have kids in the army some family, some families have young children. Some families, the husbands are, are have been called up. In in my family, my my teenage kids are, are volunteering nonstop, and it's not. I'm not saying it to brag. It's literally every family is looking for more and more ways to do it. But just so again, so your listeners get a sense of the type of stuff they're doing. One, one of my teenage sons, he started the first day or two helping families take down their sukkahs because their their husbands were called back. The next day, they needed help in the Modian cemetery to dig graves, and he was digging graves wow. for for people who, whose funerals uh, they were expecting. Hmm. The, the next day we had a funeral of a neighbor who we didn't even know, who turns out another hero. She she saved her chayalot on one of the one of the bases there. And the whole community came out holding Israeli flags, giving her, paying her, her and her family uh, a, a final respects. But this is what teenagers are doing today. Well, another, my daughter's been volunteering at, at one of the hotels where the uh, evacuees from the South have left their homes now for probably an extended period of time, helping them with all, with all their needs. So that's on a, on a family level, on a community level, everyone in Boca, I know, and probably in the Jewish community around the world has friends in, in Modin by this point. And you're probably seeing on Facebook some of the, the grilling for IDF or the visiting the soldiers and pampering them with whatever they need. And we live in an amazing community, kind of like the community in Boca. And I think every, and by the way, the American Jewish community has been an incredible source of support for, for us, for our community and for the entire nation. It's really incredible to see, I've been, people who I haven't spoken to in years are checking in on me personally. I know it's happening to other people and keep that up. That, that means a lot. Really, yeah, really. Speak to that for a second, because one of the things that we've been reinforcing is text, call, email. You know, people here feel like they're busy over there. They're fighting to survive. They have their kids in the army. They don't care about my text, but they don't realize that a text that says that we haven't moved on, our life is not normal. We're thinking of you. Express from your perspective why that's important. Uh, to know that, uh, look, this is not going to be a, as I say in Hebrew, it's a bang of a gamarnu. It's not going to be a quick fix. This is uh, at least I'm not a military strategist, but we haven't even gone in yet with our full force to uh, to eradicate uh, Hamas, which is a stated goal of uh, of what we're going to do. And they're going to be like last night. The, what happened with the, with the hospital? They're going to be attempts by the other side to try to de delegitimize us and and right. and tell us what we're doing is is not legitimate. And we know we know that not only is this a just cause, but it's a justified cause. And and we need the support and we're going to need it going on. I read just a few minutes ago uh, an opinion piece in EJP, in E-Jewish Philanthropy by uh, Mark Charendorf, stating exactly that. And I couldn't identify more. We're going to need the American Jewish communities, the, Amer the entire American people's support. But first and foremost, the American Jewish community to be with us for for the duration. For for And it's not going to be a day or two or a week or two, I'm, I'm afraid. Right. And we're going to need that to continue as as we go through. And it's there. Right now it's there. We're feeling it tremendously. And, and right. as you know, which takes us, I guess, into Gesher a little bit. One of the big yeah. uh, things we're focused on in Gesher, I don't know how much time I have, but I'll try to be. Go ahead. Quick, Go for it. Is uh, we try to strengthen the, the relationship between uh, Israelis and, and the American Jewish community. And we've been working on that, as you guys know, for 
for a while. The unity of the Jewish people is uh, paramount to the work uh, that we do through our AMI program, which is a joint venture between us and the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs through our Gesher Leadership Institute. And, uh, and, and our we've taken close to over 400 leaders to visit American Jewish communities over the last eight or nine years. And we are very much in touch with each of those people who are now uh, in positions of influence here in Israel and working with them to uh, reach out to the American Jewish community. So for example, uh, someone who runs the informal education unit in the Ministry of Education, together with, with them, with the Ministry of Education and the foreign ministry, we had a Zoom yesterday to start training 500 10th to 12th graders in Israel to work on Hasbara and provide materials for the American Jewish community to help spread the word on social media. We have Miri Michaeli, who has something called Act News on TikTok and on uh, on Instagram, spreading the word in uh, you know in small snippets. You can check that check it out. Act News from Miri Michaeli. Uh, I'm working with Sigal Adar, who runs fundraising for the Shamir Medical Center, uh, less well known maybe in America, but the third most important hospital for the South here in Israel. And they don't have a presence uh, with people on the ground in America, but they need they direly need funds to help fund their expanded emergency room. They already treated wow. 200 victims and they're quickly looking to expand and furnish their expanded emergency rooms because of the expected escalations uh, in, the, in the coming weeks. We have Noga who runs our camp usually in the summer for religious and secular kids in Israel, where we had 500 kids this summer. She's lending her management services and her logistic services to manage one of the hotels in Yerushalayim where the evacuees are, are being taken to. Our uh, our uh, some of our fellows together with some of our board members are working with Gal Hirsch, who's running the communication with the with the kidnapped uh, hostages who are in Gaza right now. The communication between the families and the Israeli government. So I'm not saying this again because Gesher is, is unique. Everyone in Israel is is helping where they can. Everyone in Israel is uh, lending a hand, and everyone in the American Jewish community, from what I see, from what I hear, is also party to that effort. It's seen. It's welcome. It's heartwarming. It's incredibly supportive. Judge, how do we make this last? I mean, this is yeah. Your that's the question. How do we put Gesher out of business here and make sure that this is not going to fade away? Yeah. So we'll have time to talk about that. Just like we'll have time to talk about who was responsible for this. Uh, uh, you know what what happened uh, last week. Uh, but uh, we know. I mean, look, guys, we know that uh, it's something that we have to work on regularly. Acheno Kobes Israel, we believe in it. Uh, the Boca community is a great example always put on a pedestal as to what jewish unity needs to look like uh through our work together we've done incredible programs together and we always say and we've said it in the past that we know how to come together during times of tragedy and we all need hopefully it's a wake-up call but we all need to figure out how to continue to come together during our everyday lives uh as well but right now like you said there's no nothing can stop the the jewish people when we're when we're one right now we're there and we need to maintain that as long as possible. And uh, and like I said, the American Jewish community and the world Jewish community is, uh, is stepping up. It's noticed. It's important. It's important to keep it up for the long haul. And, uh, and what you guys are doing is incredibly uh, important, incredibly, incredibly appreciated. We appreciate that, Jeje. We appreciate everything that you're doing. And if only there were a way to bottle this achtos, if we could just bottle these feelings and bottle this, this unity and this love and... I heard, by the way, I heard last night someone, uh, maybe I'll share this. Uh, I was at a funeral last night and I almost felt a sense of relief. I told somebody it was a Har Menuchos and not Har Herzl, which, which basically means it was just somebody who died of natural causes, uh, unfortunately. But 
but different from from the war effort. But but one of the uh, people who gave a eulogy uh, said the uh, you know the most popular song during these kinds of times is Achenu Kobeis Yisrael, and that comes obviously from the davening on Mondays and Thursdays when we say the Hiratzons, and then the final one is Achenu Kobeis Yisrael. And and he asked a question. I forgot who he quoted. Maybe I forgot who he quoted, but he uh, he asked, why don't we say Hiratzon? That we that we can use achdus, and his point was, or the, or the answer was that uh, when we're together, we don't need to ask for a hiratzon from Hashem. Hmm. When we're together, our tefillos are answered, and that's that, that's a secret sauce. When Am Yisrael is together, that's uh, that's a secret sauce. That's a great insight, JJ. Ever since your parents made you that aliyah party in Manhattan with the shawarma. I want to be invited back onto the show to talk about the shawarma pit. And, uh, <laughs> pit and we sang Veshava Vanu Ligvulam and the rest of us. You, you were an exception then. It wasn't easy. Right. There was no Nefesh Benefesh. By the way, if we're, already, if, we're, if we're in Florida, I, 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 somebody who lives in Florida, not in your community, I, I served in the army, as you guys know, or as the two of you know, as a Chayal Bodeid many, many uh, years ago, too, too long ago. Uh, and, uh, and when I was there, you feel very isolated there. Uh, certainly when you're, I remember being one Thanksgiving night in the army, feeling isolated from the rest of natural citizens, uh, in a tent and they uh, delivered a letter, you know, in those days we used to write letters for, for the young listeners. And I got a letter from somebody who from Florida, I won't say his name, not so as not to embarrass him. I remember to this day, it meant the world to me that somebody out there was thinking about me. I've told him, I haven't shared it with other people, but that's exactly what you're talking about earlier. Send a text. Send an email, check in on everybody, even your own neighbors who have kids who are. I saw you guys had a session for parents of uh, of kids uh, who who have kids in Israel. We're doing that here locally in our own community, not just with people uh, overseas. Check in with people. Now's the time. We need to stay together and, and remain together. And that's what Gesher is all about, obviously. And that's what you guys are all about. So I appreciate you guys giving me, inviting me on here. I know I'm not David Fishoff, but I love David Fishoff too. He was great too. JJ, stay safe, stay strong. We love you. Thank you for all that you're doing, and we'll be in touch. Be well. Great to see you guys. Joined by our friend Rabbi Shui Bistin. Wow. Rabbi Bistin, our friend, our colleague. Rabbi Bistin, other people deliberate, other people are are hesitating. We're trying to figure out what's right. You didn't. You got on a plane, you jumped, you went over to Israel. Talk to us. What what made you yeah, what that? made you decide to go? <laughs> well, he's standing, he's in the right corner of my screen over here. That's the truth. I got a call from, uh, I don't remember what it was. I don't even know what date it is today, but Josh called me and said, Shuey, what do you think? Me, Rabbi Goldberg, you, a couple others get on a plane. And I called my brother-in-law, Chaim, and Ellie Lipsker from downtown Brickle, and they're like, we're going. I'm like, I'm going. And I called like Josh, and there was ticket issues, but we were able to get some, and we were on the way. Amazing. So you jump and you did it. Any, yeah. any pushback? Any family members of the community say, Rabbi, we need you here. Where, where are you going? So it, it happened so quick. Um, obviously, in the, you know, right after we all found out what happened and there was the rally and we started getting calls, you know, my kid is serving and my kid is serving. We have quite a few in our Parkland community and certainly in Boca. And we made the decision, I think it was on Thursday morning that we're going. So I put out a Facebook post that we're going, we're going to be traveling to Israel. Primarily at the time, it was to bring gear. People were asking for the um, the vest with the plates and the helmets right. and tactical gear and other things. Um, and and all of a sudden, my phone started blowing up with, uh, you know, hey, I have a kid here. I have a kid. Even people that I didn't know, but they heard that, uh, that we were going. Could you bring this, that? And by the time we got to the airport on Matzah Shabbos, um, without a plan as far as how we're going to get the stuff in, we had 52 um, we had 52 suitcases. Wow. Um, 
the spot it's it's funny because every when when the suitcases were coming off it was either chabad or spodak chabad or spodak and i was watching the interview before i mean we were probably half that plane um of, of, of baggages what are the mechanics how do, you, how do you get 52 bags on a plane you just beg everybody so, boarding the plane to take a bag it's a lot of i'll tell you something on my flight back i made a decision you know usually we look for the cheapest or the easiest flight back delta united i will only fly lal in the future mm -hmm. um lal was so accommodating they they told us we yeah. had called in advance they said listen we're not gonna have it as long as you keep it under 70 pounds we're not going to be charging you overweight and as many bags as you want we're just going to charge 50 dollars a bag and it's true we checked in 52 bags that they charged us for maybe 30 or 35 of them we were five of us or six of us together so we had about an allotment of like 12 to 15 bags as well wow that's really incredible, incredible. And, and you know what that's so important i haven't heard that you know every you think you've heard everything going on right now that kudos to LL for that. And it's Israel's national airline. I know it's private now. And and I've had a much better experience with LL than ever before. I've really been enjoying the direct flights from South Florida. But all the more reason even to take the pride in the flag that's on the yeah. tail of that plane, but more of the pride of their doing their part as part of this effort. So what was that experience? Let me just add, I just want to add to the LL part of it. It was very interesting because the lady, I, I forget her name, that was the manager at Miami Airport of LL. You know, she was telling us, listen, we're going to try to get all the bags on tonight's flight, but some of them may not make it and we were concerned because you know we, we we had we knew we wanted to get on the road early and get everything out there and when we did land only half our bags were there and we were hoping that it would arrive the next day of course we got confirmation to be the next morning at eight o'clock in the morning at the airport which we were but when we landed in miami i just landed a couple hours ago when i landed she was at the the gate at the um the door when they opened the plane and as i got off she says rabbi i was tracking those bags i knew you were going to get them in time don't worry <laughs> Wow, so she great. remembered that. Yeah, that was, that was, that. that's, that's when amazing. I that's when we made up that we're flying LL that's forever. It. Yeah. That's it. That, that is powerful. And I saw a video from the plane. What was that like? The flight over? It was incredible. The um, look flying into if you're flying into Israel now, you know you're going into uh, I guess a mess, the mess of war, the fog of war, and you saw a lot of nervous families. Some people were traveling back home. They were here for the Chagim. They waited a few days. They had to get home, and there were quite a few reservists that were called up traveling. And there was this, you know, certain uh, tense atmosphere. And uh, you know, we were there for another reason to be mechazik, you know, to really give a lot of pride and strength. And already in the airport, we broke out and song and dance. And as soon as um, we started to taxi away from uh, the terminal in Miami, we started singing and dancing on the plane. And it was just the uh, energy was. Uh, incredible everyone was joining in and wow. and you know facetiming and videoing and they were all coming over afterwards to say thank you that's what we needed really that's what we wanted and uh bro do you want to jump in before i get yeah in i'm just I, i'm just curious when it comes to all the supplies and this is what we're hearing back and forth it's just it's just a little unclear but you can tell us because you were there the helmets and the and the and the body gear so some are saying that we're purchasing things and then it gets there it's and it's not, army, it's not exactly not approved it's not army grade and then it's going to like medics instead, which is not a bad thing, but it's not getting to the army. What, what should we be collecting or not collecting here? What's a waste? What's not a waste? Okay, so th there's really two answers to that question. And, and I got hundreds of texts about this question. Right. The first answer is, how do you make sure stuff get there? Well, you book a flight and you go and you bring it yourself. Um, Everything that we took, we hand delivered. So if you're bringing it there, someone called me from California today. Um, I have I have 30 vests and a rabbi, a Chabad rabbi, 30 vests, and I have some kids in my community, and I want to. How can I make sure it gets there? I said, drive to LAX, book a flight, and hand delivered. I promise you, it's going to get there. So that's number one. The second thing is, we heard conflicting reports. Also, it was the three A's and not the fours, and what's allowed, what's not. When we got there, we 
put five, six uh, bags on each wagon, and we just walked right out. No one asked us any questions. Um, if they would, if they would have asked us, you know, we said these are stuff that's personal stuff. We're bringing ourselves, and we're giving it to friends and family, which is the truth. Mm. Um, I've heard reports that some people that they were taking confiscating some things in the airport. The army didn't want. Um, supplies being brought in like that. They want to distribute it. My experience was everything we brought in and everyone on our flight that brought in stuff, they got it out. Wow. Talk to us about what you did while you were there. What was that experience like? I mean, the most inspirational 48 hours of my life, and that's not even close. Um, I'm still processing. Um, our first, we went there with a simple mission. Um, a little, a little Gashmias, a little Ruchnias, some spiritual and materialism. The purpose of it was to bring gear to kids in our community and give them chizuk, give them strength. Um, I knew that I also wanted to go to um, go to some of the hospitals, visit some of the soldiers that were injured. So we brought 50 plus iPads with us so that we knew we'd be able to distribute to them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I also knew that um, I wanted to be, go to some of the houses of um, those that were sitting shiva which we could talk about soon. That was a very, that was the last thing we did and it was very heavy. I'm still still trying to uh, wrap my head around that part. Um, and then we wanted to bring a little highest and energy in, to the soldiers. Um, and we were able to do that on in, in ways that we never expected to. Um, we could get into the details of that, but that was the primary purpose of, of why we were going. Uh, myself, Rabbi, the Rabbi's Lipsker from downtown Brickle, and then two of my friends, Mendy Krinsky from Boca and Sam Backer from Miami Beach. Um, we all just decided together. As a matter of fact, there was one other person, Ayala Navim, who I vaguely know, um, know from Miami Beach. And when we got to the airport, I saw Ayala, and I'm like, what are you doing here? He says, I'm going to, I, I want to go to Israel to help. I'm like, help what? He said, I don't know. I got to figure it out. What are you going? He said, well, we, we're going to visit people and everything. He says, can I come along with you? Well, he, he stayed with us for 48 hours straight. Wow. <laughs> he went there without wow. a plan and he came back with us. Wow. Um, Amazing. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty incredible. Nikon, the, first day we, the first day we got there, we were scheduled. We were going to leave at 6 o'clock in the morning to head down south. Um, but we woke up at 4 o'clock um, to you know just start d dividing the bags. We knew what had to go where, which bases we were stopping at, generally our, our general itinerary. Um, on the plane, we booked a driver, we booked a, um, a security guard, we booked a photographer to come with us to capture a lot of the moments. And um, we started at 4 o'clock in the morning that day. We got back to the hotel 2 o'clock in the morning that night. So we did 22 hours straight. And um, and then we and then we set up for the next two hours. We were just breaking things down for the next day, and it was just it was nonstop. What were the shiva call? Talk, talk to us about the shiva call at the end. Starting with the heavy, huh? The shiva call. Wow. Um, so it was. Uh, we were there on Monday and Tuesday. So Tuesday afternoon, um, we the schedule when we got in the van we were going to visit one one of our soldiers one of the kids from our community actually as a matter of fact the head of our security at the Chabad Park on campus is Shia Fishman he has two sons Asher and Sammy serving so we were going to bring gear for Sammy wow. and uh, what's interesting is every time we came to a soldier to bring them and I'm sure you heard this in other interviews um, they said I, I can't take just for myself could you give me for my my whole unit my whole pluga and we, we, you know, we only had a certain amount. They, there was one soldier that we said, I mean, this is all we, we have. You know, we have a limited amount of stuff, and this is what we were able to get for your family. He says, then give it to someone else. I'm not coming back with wow. the best. And my, my We had that experience a few times, and in some cases, we made a plan, and we got some stuff together. And that was very, you know, from there, we went, we, we were scheduled to go to Soroka Hospital in Beersheba to give uh, to meet soldiers that were injured. The day before, we had went to a Barzilai in in Ashkelon, which tell that story if we have time later, incredible story. 
Um, but what we did was, on the way, we called the Chabad Shliach in, um, in Moshav Maslul, which we met the day before. And we told him, listen, we're going to Soroka. We want to go back. We want to come back and perhaps we could throw another barbecue for soldiers at about two, three o'clock. And then we're going to go to the Shiva house. And uh, he says, let me call you back in a minute. He calls us back. He says, listen, lunch in the main, the main, the only base that was able to withstand the attacks is the um, is the base. In, it's called Rayim, the army base, Rayim base. All the other bases were overrun, burnt out, and they're not operational right now. Um, Rayim's the only one. They were also attacked. Um, Veering off the question of the Shabbos, we'll get there in a moment. Um, that base was attacked. Um, usually there's 1,200 soldiers that protect. That's the main Gaza base with the uh, with the warum, the Cheder Milchama, the Hamal downstairs there. Um, there were only 200 people for Simchas Torah and that Shabbos. And when they were attacked, the we I met, and I could share with you some of the video interviews that I did. There was um, a bad boy, actually. Um, runs their logistics. So he was in the war room and he saw the attack was happening um, and they, it was a very heavy fight. He said, we lost a, a number of our soldiers, but he was able to get them. They were able to direct the, our fighters to corner them all into this incredible gymnasium that the FIDF built on this base. And once all of them were in there, he ordered from the Hamal, he ordered an attack on, let me just plug in over here. He ordered he ordered an attack. One of our one of our um, one of our helicopters dropped a missile on that, uh, blew out the entire facility, and uh, killed all 30 of the terrorists there. Uh, we I walked those grounds. You know, we, we were able to see all of it destroyed. Um, so he hadn't left the base since then. Obviously, they brought in people from other bases, and that's where they're running the whole command the command centers over there now. So we were able to get um, the. The Chabad rabbi, who's friends with the chef, the chef of that base, which is the largest kitchen in the Israeli army, they feed, I think, usually, typically 1,500 people every meal. In other bases, it's catered. Um, lives in Maslul, where the where the Chabad rabbi is with 200 families. So he called him up and says, listen, I got some rabbis that want to throw a barbecue for the boys. What's for lunch today? He says, well, I'm just going to do some chicken. So he says, go shopping. So the, the, the chef calls us from the, uh, he gets in a car, drives to the local uh, meat store, whatever they have there, not far, calls us up and he says, what should I buy? We said, everything, wow. every piece of meat in that, everything. First of all, we're so, we're so proud to know you and proud that you represent us and we're right behind you in doing this. I think it's important also for people to know that, and that's one of the themes of the, the guests that we've had on tonight. It matters, it makes a difference. There are things to do, it boosts morale. It, it's not that anyone should feel like a hero because they're going, because you'll get, infinitely more out of it than you'll give to it and it pales in comparison to the people who live there and are are putting themselves on the line but that there's things to do so so the people who say why are you going they don't want you there it's a war zone you're just getting in the way that was not your experience not one bit the every single soldier that had a chance to come over and, and many of them there's so many different themes we could really talk about they haven't told their story you know, when there's such a traumatic event and many of them that are serving there are based and their families live there, there isn't a family that wasn't affected by this. If they didn't lose a family member, well, their neighbor did or their, the, the next neighbor over did. Right. So everyone's been deeply, you know, pained by this and affected. They haven't even had time to go to funerals because they right. move right into war mode wow. and they haven't told their story and they just wanted to talk. So many of them just wanted to share their stories with us. And, and the stories are heroic and incredible. Each one, how they saved lives and what they did together. I mean, it's, it was very unique. And then 
for, for many of them to come over to us and just say, it's not about the barbecue. It's not about the tefillin you're putting or the tzitzis that you're bringing us or, or, or the gifts that you, you're, you just showed up. You really came from Miami, from South mm -hmm. Florida, just to give us a hug and show us chizuk. That's more than anything. That means the world to us. Mm -hmm. And and I, I, your last question that you had asked um, the Rebetzin of should we come? Well, obviously, if it's if, if the family dynamic and the children and the spouses are okay with it, there is what to do. Um, there is a lot to do there. That's that's huge. Again, thank you. We're proud of you. You're paving the way. We're right behind you. We're we're, we're coming next. Um, I don't know when, if anyone I'm related to is watching this. So I want to get back to your question about the Shiva house now, because it yeah. occurred after that. So sure. our, our, our last stop of the day, we went to Ofakim. And in Ofakim, um, 68, 68 residents were killed in Ofakim. The block that we went to, that the rabbi took us to, every single house on that block is sitting Shiva. Hmm. You turn onto the street, and you just begin bawling. I mean, you can't, the site, every house has tents outside and pictures and, and everyone is sitting Shiva. Mm. That community, that block, that town, those lives will never be the same. And, and our intention when we got into Ofakim was, okay, we're gonna visit a few families. Well, we never made it out of the first house. Um, the family specifically that we went to, just random, we walked in. Um, the father, um, the husband, um, they were. They had heard the. They heard the sirens go off Simchas Torah morning, and they gathered the whole family. And they went to his parents that lived two doors down, so they're all in the parents' house. Now the shiva was happening back in their home, but they were in the parents' home, and the challahs are still on the table. The wine, the kiddush, the food—it's all there. It's all set. The terrorists started shooting at the walls, try to get in. They didn't open the door. They broke the glass and they threw a grenade into the living room. The entire house is burnt out in there, but he had enough time to get everyone upstairs. And when you get to the second floor, there's a window that leads out to the roof. He got his parents, his, ch his four children. The video? I saw the video of this. The video is out there. So we were in that house. And, wow, wow, and wow. As, he, as he's stepping out, they shot him. His body was there for two days, but the rest of the family was saved. And when we went to the Shiva house, um, his brother wanted to show us. He brought us, and he actually, he said, please film this and share it, and I'll share it with you, uh, with both of you. Perhaps we could get it out there. He says he wants the world to see what I filmed inside the house. And then we went back to the house, and, you know, we gave the children gifts and iPads and presents. And we never made it to Soroka that day. I was telling you about the barbecue on that base. Right. So we had hundreds of gifts that we had bought for the hospitals. That all went to that Shiva house. Yeah. And um, sure we, we got to want to thank you representing us and, and and not not waiting not deliberating but just jumping on that plane and getting there it's it's huge and it's an example to us and so many others and, and we're proud to know you so thank you thank you thank you by brody extraordinary people and their insight their experiences the work that they're doing their feeling emotion, their connection and it's hard to hear them and and you know not everybody can go when you go if you go how you go right. We all want to be part of this story. That's the destiny of the Jewish people. That's our homeland. And um, yeah, really amazing, amazing people. I'll just share one story he told me after. He, he has so many stories. He said, you know, everyone saw those pictures and those videos on Yom Kippur about the Haredim fighting with the secular on Yom Kippur in Tel Aviv, right? They were trying to do all these uh, these uh, services, I guess. And um, I don't know how he did it, but everything that, Sh that Shui does is, is amazing. He figures it out. 
and he meets one of the guys that were protesting, one of the secular guys, he puts tefillin on him yesterday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the guy's bawling. Yeah. It just he told me that, also. He met yeah. one he met one of the people that um that were at the, the Yom Kippur in Tel Aviv and tried to stop the davening and now like right. look back on that and like regrets it just a couple weeks later because yeah. of what's happened. He's a great guy. My granddaughter goes to his gun, my Eliana, a yeah. daughter in Parkland. There you go. Good for so, her. I want to go to his gun. a big Rashui fan. Yeah, he's a, he's a good oh. guy. He didn't wait, he didn't deliberate, he didn't ask, he didn't probably didn't get permission. Right. Made a ticket and got on a plane. So it's uh, thank him. It's good All stuff. These, these are the people of Israel. I, I think you know who we feature tonight is just one small example of why the enemy will never win. This is this is the Jewish people. This is our backbone. This is our strength. This is our faith. This is our optimism. This is our absolute everything. And right. um, this is why we're strong when we have kind of people like this. So, Rabbi Brody, we're all davening for uh, for Gail, Zach, davening for and, your nephews. Uh, yeah, I got for... I got my three nephews. Exactly. You know, we, we got them. We had them on the show. Uh, we had them on Bind the Bima last week. Yeah. That's my uh, where is it? That's my nephew Sammy Hellerstein. He's finishing basic training, but doing Shmirah. And I learned that when you do Shmirah, yeah, when a siren goes off, everyone gets to run to a shelter. You don't. Because mm. if our enemies knew that they just launch rockets and even the people on Shmirah will go to shelters, then that's it. That's my nephew, Sammy. And that's... Uh... <laughs> that's the Fry. I can't see. That's a Fryim. Fryim Goldstein. And uh, he's in infantry. And that's uh, Mahir Avi Noam. He's in uh, combat. You can listen to last week's Behind the Beam if you want to hear them directly. We interviewed them. We spoke to them. Can I, and uh, just amazing. Can I just give a little quick intro here? Yeah, please. Tell Why us. not, right? So here Tell we us. got, we've got uh, Jake. He Jake was Mons. in the army. Okay, he was in the army. Now he's in the, now he's in Rebelli's army. He's doing some great stuff. Here you got Zach. So the two son-in-laws. This might be. I don't know if it's breaking news. I don't know if I'm getting in trouble. This might, hopefully this will be the third son-in-law. That's okay. It's okay. I love this guy. And I'm so proud of him. He's in uh, basic training and just did uh, did some some great program. His name's Alicia. We love Alicia. Alicia, just Alicia. Uh, we're just gonna say Alicia for now. And uh, this is Avi Gile. That's Avi it. Gile. So proud yeah. of all these guys. Just saying, all, Brody, I can't wait till you're all three of these guys here, six feet, six feet and taller. All can't three. Wait till you're reunited with the crew, and safety yeah. and security oh, and success. That's our story. That's our hope. That's our faith. And that's our future. So thanks for tuning in and uh long episode, but a lot of amazing people. And, and there were many more that we wanted to include, but we'll keep telling these stories. That's it. Behind the Bima, every sheer, every youth event, every davening with Tehillim. This is what we breathe and live right now with the rest of the Jewish people around the world. And we got to figure out a way to bottle it. We got to bottle this achtas and bottle this feeling and bottle this being alive. You know, we'll end the, we began the first interview, David Friedman tonight, Mashiv Haruach. That's great, no? A spirit of the Jewish people. You know, we've got ruach. Yes, we do. So we got to bottle it. We got to continue it. Grateful to all those who are listening and watching. Do what you can for Israel. Everybody has a contribution to make. I want to thank our generous sponsors again. Daily Aliyah, collection of practical divrei every Aliyah of the Parsha. Get a hold of one at your local bookstore. Order it online. Daily Aliyah. Learn the Parsha like you never did. And all the money. All of it goes to support daily giving, which is supporting Israel right now. And the virtual halacha program, take halacha seriously, learn with Rav Nevensal, and um, become a better version of you. So thank you, and we'll see you soon.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Bima. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Tune in next week for another episode of Behind the Bima.